Hello, hello, hello. You are now listening to The Raw Collection. I'm your host, Angela Pennyfeather, and today we are causing major retail disruption, but in a good way, of course. We have Benoit Tordor. Did I say it correctly, Benoit? Well done, Angela. (laughs) Benoit is a Belgian native who has quickly transitioned to fashion and luxury, working with brands like Levi's, Burberry, and in his most recent role as head of visual experience for Coach Americas, Benoit has been instrumental in recruiting new customers and driving the region to profitable growth by transforming Coach into an industry immersive brand. I mean, right there, this is like such a compelling and transformative resume, Benoit. Like, super fun. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Angela. And, you know, we were preparing this and I realized this is my first podcast. I'm very excited to be with you. And you and I have had some some good moments in interaction at, at, at your time on Fifth Avenue. But this is this is good. Though. Thank you. Yes. I'm so glad I could be the first. And I feel like you're going to catch the podcast, bud. So who knows what might come out of this. But I want to talk about we're going to talk about yourself and your journey and all of that good stuff. But I've been hearing so much about this word called retail tainment. What is it? Like, who made this up? I know, you know, the industry loves a good contraction. <laughs> two words together, retail, entertainment, digital, physical. Mm. I mean, I think just, you know, by extension, people are really looking to be entertained, right? Mm. Wherever they go in any kind of space. And entertainment can take the shape of many different activities. It can be an event. It could be a space being transformed. It can be a co-creation moment where people are actually physically doing something in a space. And I think just, you know, at the end of the day, and we'll get to this a bit later, I know, but Mm -hmm. people are really looking for interaction. They want to be, they want to be, entertained in you know, yeah. whatever they do it doesn't always have to be a fun activity it could be serious it could be a lecture right. it could be, but i think the, the idea of getting together in a dedicated space that's being catered for the activity and being co- in a community i think is really what's important these days right um, do you do you think the pandemic encouraged that word retailtainment or Let's talk about experiential retail. Like, do you think it came for the pandemic or was it already there before? That is a brilliant question. I have to say, I, I thought about this a lot because it did exist before. Where there, okay. there were pop-ups, there were activations, but if anything, what the pandemic has done is literally brought this to a whole new level, a whole new dimension. And now, I mean, you know, we've all gone through hours of browsing with an eye on yeah. <laughs> on Tiger King, right? At the time of the pandemic. I think we're we came out of it very media digitally tired, right? Yeah. We wanted to go back. So I think the consumers have changed their behaviors now. And when they go to a physical space, mm-hmm. they're really looking for something different, right? Yeah. They want to they don't want to browse necessarily. They know how to do that online. They want mm-hmm. that extra piece. So we're talking about entertainment, but exactly. there's there's this idea also 
people are people. They need human interaction, right? Right. But I think the key now is, and for all of us thinking about that in the industry is, how do you now blend those two words Mm -hmm. between the digital journey and then the physical journey, right? Right. It can start anywhere. It can start online. It can be at home browsing. Then you go out, you start shopping. Oops, here's that brand I saw online. Let me go inside and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. What else do they have to offer to me that I haven't seen online yet? Right. So that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that connection. Okay. And here's another sacred word word in our world, uh, Omni. Right. Yes, which I've heard a lot. Tell me about that. Well, it's it's interesting. So I was preparing, you know, the our conversation. I had to go online to to find a definition for the word Omni. It means in all ways or places. It's a okay. Latin prefix that mm-hmm. you can add to anything. But basically it means wherever you are, there needs to be a connection, a relationship, something mm-hmm. that people can hang on to. So when we say Omni, it means both online and offline. Right. right? So it can be within the channel. And you don't want to... You don't want to break that relationship. Right. Um, there needs to be some form of continuation, but also a complement, right? So the the physical space is there to bring what a, a, a digital space cannot mm-hmm. bring. Mm-hmm. Emotion, the fun, yes. the information. Think about interaction with sales associate or staff. Exactly. Or, Even uh, touching the product. Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Isn't that what we're... <laughs> Absolutely. Put it on, try it on, being there with a friend, you know, talking about it, taking photos, taking selfies. And then when it's really brilliant is when in a physical space, you can add an entire digital component, right? So you do want people to take a selfie, put it online, get the hashtag with the brand. So that's really now it's it's something. And that's where we use the word digital. Yes, I see. I I can take it or leave it. I mean, I think probably a good word is also hybrid. Yes. A a bit of a blend of the two worlds. But it's, yeah, it's, it's and then it's interesting to see in the space, there are many agencies now who specialize Mm -hmm. in digital activations. Yes. So people who from the beginning think about what it means to to bring a, a digital world into a physical space and, and vice versa. What challenges do you think can happen during the whole experiential retail? You know, what challenges can a brand encounter, if any? Well, there are there are a couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, the one of the big challenges the budget oftentimes when you think about, you know, if you work for a brand, so the way I, I'm doing it just takes a lot of convincing and, and you have to build a whole case around an experience. Yeah. We'll talk about digital later, I know, but you know, there, there, there's so many different variables. And then, you know, it's just putting a big budget together. The cost of production is also a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's been a big challenge coming right out of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, production costs, shipping costs, yep. taxes, we were like, heavily burdened. So it takes a lot of courage for companies to kind of like stand behind. Mm-hmm. I will say, always be a good friend to your finance partners <laughs> in any company, but you have to come clean and just show 
that there will be results. And actually that's the third part really to me is shifting the mindset of leaders within the company that the ROI, so the return on investment will not always be the amount of bags of product that you sell, but it's also how many customers you have recruited, right. how many impressions you have produced on social media. That is really the new metrics. And I think really that's, that's it, it's more like a, a company industry mindset. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Is it worth the investment? Like looking at all of it, you spoke about the budget and the production and the shipping. Is it worth it? Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. And you will ask anyone who knows me, who's worked with me, <laughs> I was always knocking on everybody's doors. Of course, if it's well done and purposeful and it has yeah. a clear mission, it's linked to a proper brief. But we've seen, and you know, coming out of Coach, we've seen some incredible recruitment results, right? I mean, Coach nice. has grown exponentially during the pandemic, keeps doing that afterwards. We're talking about millions and millions of new customers joining mm-hmm. the brand, buying the brand, talking about the brand because it's, it's, you know, it's been done and advertised, you know, yes. PR around and all that good stuff. So I say absolutely. The, the other piece to it, which I think is amazing is for brands that are stuck with a large amount of retail spaces, right? Where it's extremely expensive to renovate. Yes. As far as a huge amount of capex, doing an activation, for example, outside of your own four walls mm-hmm. allows you to also, you know, portray the brand in a whole new light, a whole new way. Yep. I mean, look at what Bottega is doing, right? They're doing beautiful stores, but they started to go out with those like green pop ups. I know. So it all of a sudden, all you think about is green, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yep inflated displays and then you go to a store you may not see the green it's okay the you, you've created the demand for the store for the brand and the appeal for it so yes three thousand times you know <laughs> you know i have to say when i think about the holidays especially on fifth avenue you know i think about rot center and when coach did the collaboration with rot center i was like wow this was such a great idea and I didn't think Coach would be the one to execute it so perfectly and in a fun way to bring in new customers that are looking for something trendy and fun instead of just doing the roller ice skating, you know? Yeah, let me get in my own little area, you know, and have fun with it. And, you know, when it came back again the next following year for holidays, I was like, is Coach going to be a part of it? Like, you know, you remember these things and you remember activations because they're meaningful and they're fun. And it wasn't like so gimmicky, like coach is here. No, it was like, you can ice skate and co- and you can enjoy a nice little cabin area. And I just thought that was so brilliant and fun. Yeah, that, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was a coup, first of all. I mean, the idea also of an activation is to go where people are. Yeah. And, you know, or, or, and where people who you don't expect to see, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a high traffic area, lots of tourists, but everybody comes yep. to Center during the holidays. And it was linked to a shop, a pop-up, there was hospitality involved, there yep. was press, there were influencers, and you know, it's a full 360 activation also. That's why it's on everybody's mind. Yep. 
but it's an iconic place. And I think the whole idea is we always think about, you know, where do we have our stores? Where, where should we be? Where are those young yes. people? And for, for those who've seen this incredible tabby activation that's happening right now. Everywhere. I mean, if, if you haven't seen an ice cream cone at this point, it's <laughs> pink. But, you know, and then the idea was to go to university campuses. and college, Which is brilliant. Where older Gen Zs are. Yep. They won't necessarily go and shop in, you know, in city centers. If they yep. don't need to. So lines and lines and lines. Of, so that's a, that was actually brilliant. So let's talk about that Gen Z for a sec. Because for me, when I see experiential moments and pop-ups, I see, you know, the millennials, the Gen Z flock to it. But I think that there's the older generation that are like, hmm, what is it? Do you feel like this is just a Gen Z millennial moment? Or how can the older generation be included in these experiences? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a tricky question because obviously as a company, the whole idea is to target a specific customer, right? right. If you go too broad in your approach, you're never going to really get anything, and it's going to be this peanut butter approach that mm -hmm. really like. So, I think the idea is that if you manage to create the buzz to attract a younger generation, everybody else will follow. Got it. So it's not about excluding; it's including via aspiration. Mm -hmm. call it. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. So we did a couple of tests last year at Coach. We created those like Gen Z shops in our stores. It was just okay. very easy. We did some amplification and we did it in outlet and retail. And we saw those young customers coming in with their mothers. And the mothers were buying <laughs> the exact same bag. <laughs> so there you have it. You know, I think that the young generation creates the zeitgeist. They are the ones influencing what's going yeah. on. I mean, honestly, I guess you and I can probably say that we belong to the older generation, but older, mid, in between. But I want to look young. I want to be youthful at all times. Right, so right. I will be looking up to the younger generation to inspire me. I think that's really what. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, outside of Coach, right, let's think of other brands. And I know, like, you've seen, like, you, as part of your work, you look at other brands to see what, have, what are they doing, what are they up to. And has there ever been a time that you saw a brand, and you don't have to disclose the brand, that you saw signals where the retail experience or the experiential moments seemed a bit overhyped and they weren't authentic to the brand? You know, it's... And it's funny, I was thinking about, of course, we don't want to name anyone. I, mm -hmm. I think where we have seen unfortunate experiences, mm -hmm. put it that mm -hmm. way, is I think when it was either not a clear product message mm -hmm. and it was a bit, a bit of everything, mm -hmm. or the, I think what, what, what they were trying to communicate were just not in line with the brand values or the brand aesthetic, right? Okay. When we talked about Bottega, you can veer off and still be true to the brand because it was okay. all about their interlace and they, they were they were back to the, the core of what the brand is all about. They just did it in a modern way, right? Right. But sometimes when it's just too far off a brand's aesthetic, right? It's just 
it, it's, it's just that it doesn't connect. I think people right. have a hard time finding the relationship between the brand they love and then you lose, you, you cut you cut the thread, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one other example I can think also is sometimes the execution, just very simply, you know, if it doesn't look elevated and well produced, yep. you know, you kind of lose people. But yeah, so the, those are like the guardrails. Okay. Yeah. So. But to be honest, like I, I, mean, I don't know about you, but it's rare to see a bad experience because it, it does require a lot of work and briefs. Yeah. And it's, 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 I, it's, I agree. I do think it's rare. I do think, though, to your point, that production does matter and the cost for it does matter because you can tell if the cost is a little cheap and then it kind of reflects, okay, your brand, your luxury brand or mid-luxury brand, like, mm -hmm. you know, you have to kind of stay true. Like, people want to see, you know, the best of the best. So I feel like there have been some times that I've seen that. But I think for the most part, you know, brands are making that investment, especially in a lot of different places, they're going to come correct. And I love that you mentioned, we mentioning production. It's one of the things that I did want to mention here too is, you know, before anyone sees this beautiful activation, whether it's in the yeah. store, pop up, anything, there's, there's, an, there's a huge amount of work being done in the background, you know, in the corporate offices and one of them is production. So those teams are in charge of bidding vendors, testing, mm -hmm. sampling, coordinating with procurement, managing the installation, quality right. control, the maintenance of it, the dissembling of it, you know, paying the vendor. Isn't it, people don't see that. And I don't know right. if it's going to be interesting to anyone listening to this, <laughs> but, but there's, there's, I've always dreamt up, maybe that's, that's something we can do next is, I've always dreamed of a TV show happening in a corporate office of a fashion company. Like behind the scene moments? Yeah. Just yeah. to understand how a corporation is articulated. How, how does a brand get there? Because you only see the tip of the iceberg, what's happening. But the, 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 the thinking behind and the amount of mm -hmm. team people. But I, you know, I, I had the production team reporting into me. I coach and there, there's, there's, there's not a day that we go by without I talk to them about something they're so knowledgeable and yeah. they're key into it. So shout out to them. Shout out to them. And you spoke about digital earlier in our conversation. So let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about how does that go into the whole visual experience? Are we ready for this? <laughs> We've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> you know, everybody's heard about the metaverse and crypto. Yes. And so I think digital is now become an official pillar of activation, right? Or experiential. Mm -hmm. There's not a day that goes by without it's an article about the Web3 and the game and, and what people are doing in that space. So it's evolving extremely fast and it's, it's multi-pronged. There are so many different approaches. Mm -hmm. uh, you can either create an entire activation within the metaverse or the Web3 or you can just simply use it and leverage it to activate an existing physical space. But it's like, it's a bit the new, the new place. And talking about meeting people where they are, right? Yes. So it really, it really started with gaming when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people on those gaming platforms, the gaming industry has been very quick at transforming the space into a community. 
Yes. And who says community says interaction, exchange. Right. You know, the next thing you know, it's about transactions. So there are purchases happening. Right. You know, who hasn't bought now a piece of clothing or like a Gucci sneaker to wear on your avatar as you meander through Decentraland? I can't and- even believe this. I know. But it's a it's a form of escapism. Like we can we can get yeah. into that whole thing. Well, yeah. whatever that is. And I have it's so funny. My nephews are huge on gaming, right? They are those typical Gen Zs, and it's it, it's a whole thing. It's a whole universe. But it's we cannot ignore it, and it's out there. And those companies are now welcoming brands. A couple of weeks ago was the first ever fashion week in the metaverse. Wow. Which is incredible. So Coach participated. Tommy Hilfiger had a big moment. Wow. Um, a lot of brands are getting in there. They were like virtual runways. And it was a whole fashion village with a yeah. big square town hall. It was, it was fascinating. And then... Do you think it'll continue in this direction? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think... I think there's an evolution. We started now. No one talks about NFTs anymore, right? It used to be this right. whole thing and... It kind of, you know, with the with the crypto crash and and everything that's going yep. in that world. What's very interesting now is the development of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. right? So this is taking over extremely fast. Why? Because it is not linked to crypto. Yep. It is pretty much it's it's pretty affordable actually when you think about it. Technology is not it's not too crazy, and it can go viral in a heartbeat. Yep. So, did you see like a couple of weeks ago, Jacquemus? You know. Yes. Okay, that that bamboo bag that was like traveling that looked like. I know. Well, everybody freaked out because we're like, "Oh my god, this is genius! How can you have a bag? You know, like 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 a tramway on on the." Tram- and then I just kept watching like nonstop. <laughs> I know. But it's all AI, and people don't yeah. realize that like, it, it is so real. It's 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 almost frightening, right? There's a lot of questions mm-hmm. around now. You know, can you go too far? Is he going to replace humans? Like the whole conversation yeah. we need to get into. But it's 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 fascinating. So yeah, I mean, and you know, you heard about all the the the, the chat GBT yes. platforms, people using them, and and so the whole artificial intelligence is, is like taking over. And I think I'm just really impressed that brands are latching on to the gaming world and not thinking that, oh, it's a bit too risky. It's kind of like, you know, we need to get our hands in this pocket too as well. Yeah. I mean, there's the, in doing like some research. Like fashion show. I know. It's a, but the, the level of creativity then that yes. ensues. Yeah. It's completely out of control. Like there are now digital fashion designers. They don't do anything in the physical world. They only design virtual outfits and wow. it's it's fascinating what's going on there. And it's it's a lot of brands that it's all it's all blending and merging. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no for sure. And you know, like you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. Creativity is the key, I think, in the fashion industry too as well. And I think that you know, for brands to keep evolving, you need that creativity and that's part of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, and it creates yeah. jobs. How about that? <laughs> that too. That yeah. too. 
people that probably have never thought to be in the fashion industry that has that have the background of gaming and technology. Oh yeah. You can met the dots there. That's very cool. Yeah. Let's talk about jobs. How did you get in this industry? Oh, okay. This is it. I, I love to talk about this because it's <laughs> unconventional. And, you know, when we were talking about the podcast too, I realized there are a lot of people who are interested to understand how to get into yes. this world and, and, and what to do. So this is a bit Especially students. Lots of students. Um, you know, it's like when I started my career, I... I, I never thought I was going to do what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have a degree in translation. Wow. It's like, I was going to be... How many languages can you speak? Four. Wow. So, you know, I grew up in Belgium and I was yeah. in Belgium. And you have to learn two languages very early on. It's French is my native language. And then Finnish, which is a, a, a version of Dutch. Is okay. Language. And then I learned English very early on too. My parents moved to a different country. I had to learn English when I was 10. And then, and then I took Spanish a couple of years later. And I've always loved languages. For me, it was a way to basically travel. And mm-hmm. I, I think I knew pretty early on that I was not going to stay in Belgium for two years. <laughs> languages was kind of my passport. But I went on and just studied it. And I did four years of like full translation school into English and Spanish. So cool. And... and I'm saying everybody, ultimately, the way I can reconcile what I study with what I do now is because yeah. what what I do as, as a visual expert, as an, as an experienced person, is basically translate a brand message into an experience. Mm-hmm. So somehow that skill has been transferred. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but after I did my, I graduated, I was like, that's not the kind of way that I want. I'm much more creative than that. I don't want to sit in an office all day. Right. <laughs> Translating scientific texts. And my neighbor, it's a very bad luck. My neighbor was a store manager at H&M, at the local H&M in Brussels, and said, just come and work for me. I'm like, see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I needed. I started as a part-time sales associate at H&M. Wow. Doing my little... Yeah. I seen all yeah. Gone, you know, H&M been a great school and they've they've always been at the forefront and, and I learned so much and then from then on I've kind of always done a bit of visual merchandising. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up and picked up more work, more stores, moved to Levi's and here is what I did. At Levi's after a while I, I completely shifted my career and I went into the operational world. Okay. Uh, am I lucky to be born with a right brain and a left brain? I'm not like a <laughs> creative like sometimes there's a conflict there's a there's a dichotomy but i think the balance is important if you can do yes anything you can do to really exit and stimulate both sides of your brain mm-hmm. but i was very happy to come into a, a very operational for dealing with franchise partners and striking real estate deals and i did all of that i, I was analyzing and managing yeah. nls for the stores and so that really allowed me to become a much better person in the visual world and then I was mm-hmm. called back to my first love and I went back into visual but then visual happened for quite a long time it's only in the very recent years and especially at coach where this whole world of experiential pop-up became a big deal right yes it's a huge deal in Asia there's a whole history of pop-ups and activations in Asia because of the nature of that market but we started to get really deep into it in the 
couple of years ago and I was lucky enough to work with a CEO at the time and a president that were believing in them and were investing money. So went into that and then I learned, you know, by, by just doing it. And, it's, you know, yeah, sometimes you make mistakes, but it's okay. Like, end of the day, it's how, how you learn from them. And Exactly. So, and now, of course, I'm, I've learned a lot about the digital space and how to interact yeah. in there and how does that work. So it's a lot of learning on the job, to be honest. Did you face any pressure in your role with experiential design when trying to meet the company's sales goals? So there is, of course, pressure. I think everybody in the end, you know, if you put a dollar somewhere, you want to get two back, at, um, yeah. at least one back, but you want you want a return on investment. I don't think anyone in general, right, if you invest time, money, resources, mm-hmm. You want to see a return. I think that makes total sense. Absolutely. I think it's more what we were talking about earlier was, but what are the other metrics, right? And it's, it's not look at the basic KPIs. Yes, it's yep. important that a company sells a certain amount of product, but most of it is now. So one very interesting thing is that here is, here is the other brain going on. I worked and developed a whole protocol on measuring consumer acquisition. Mm with a data labs team, a coach. So basically it's a team that crunches numbers day in, day out. They have access to an insane amount of data and they can they can do a pre-post analysis, if you will, okay. of, of how much we do. And it's extremely important because obviously that's really what dictates the next operation, the, the future right. of, and that's how we, we manage to do more and more and more because obviously it's, it's, it's working. But right. there's a whole series of metrics of, Acquisition and actually also retention, by the mm-hmm. way, to your point earlier, we don't want to lose our good customers. It's also yep. about maintaining them. There's a whole component around membership. We haven't gotten to that, but, you know, brands that have VIP programs or member programs okay. recruit a ton of new customers that way too. And those are the ones who spend the most money. So we love to get new members. Yeah. But, Got it. Yeah. And how do you seek inspiration to stay ahead of the retail trends? Mm. So it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of reading and information. Mm-hmm. There are pretty amazing websites now, or I don't know if we, we still call them blogs, but like Instagram accounts and LinkedIn is honestly one of the best places. To be honest, it, it is evolving now from a recruitment platform into more yeah. like a, a social, prof- I mean, social professional media platform. I agree with you. There's, I mean, I post a ton for those who may follow, will see as I really use this as a, as a portfolio, but there are, there are some accounts that are doing an amazing job at compiling what's going on around the world. So you really don't need to, you just need to look at a photo and then immediately understand what's going on and, and that's right. a way for brands to also advertise what they're doing. So lots of that. And then, of course, you and I know this, but a lot of comp shopping. Absolutely. So going to the real deal. I mean, we're so lucky yeah. to live in New York where, you know, there's a lot going on. But also, mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to be able to travel to Asia, Asia is really where everything is happening. There's a very different structure. The budget is structured differently, but... That's where a lot of the activations and innovations yes. are happening. That's, I've definitely noticed. Yeah. Yeah. 
what advice would you have or do you have for students that are looking to get into this industry? You know, I, you shared about your journey, but, you know, for students that look at you, may watch you on LinkedIn and see all the fabulous activations that you've done in your work, and they're like, I want to do this too. What advice do you have for them? Study. Mm-hmm. Look at what brands are doing. Be informed. Know mm-hmm. your classics. Mm-hmm. Get a good grasp of what the market looks like. Do a lot of research. I think that's the, that's the foundation to anything. And then be bold. Propose ideas. Just put yourself out there. You know, brands, people like us, we're constantly looking for talent, creativity, people yeah. who are hungry. You know, the, it's a highly competitive market. So It is. It's about, it's about, you know, who has the vision. And then, and I appreciate when people reach out, it's sometimes it's just hard to, to, to respond to people, but I think it's just, it's just, and, and then start somewhere. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how, get your foot in the door, leverage every single ounce of experience or exposure that you have, just build your, your portfolio or your resume yeah. accordingly and, you know, it's about selling yourself and have a social media account. You would not believe, but I've, I've mentored a couple of students and I've had some sessions with, with them and they're like, you go to their, to their Instagram and there's like 200 followers. Well, I'm like, in 2023, that's work. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, people are, I mean, the amount of, the amount of exposure conversations look at us like if it's not on social media i'm sorry it's just it's really not happening yeah in in these days of digital expansion exactly so and keep and keep studying be curious be open go out and i love it yeah i love it and i hope that you know our listeners are taking that all into as well We are going to shift gears. We are going to go into our speed round where I ask guests 10 questions that they have not seen before this interview, and they have only one opportunity to play the fifth. So, Benoit, are you ready? No pressure, okay? I love it. Let's start start with something fun and light. Cher or Beyonce? Beyonce? Oh, my God. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I have my tickets. I'm going in August. I I, I have to. I will see you there. Let's let's scream and dance together. Yes, yes, yes. I I don't know. For some reason, I thought you were going to say share. Okay. Well, I've seen her in Vegas, and I I adore her. She's a legend, but I'm sorry. Queen Bee is Queen Bee. Queen Bee all the way. The best place for shopping, Miami Design District or Rodeo Drive? Miami Shopping District. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Everybody's there now. Yep. Everyone is there. It's totally transformed. I love it. What is your most luxurious item? And it doesn't have to be luxury as far as costs. It could be something meaningful to you. Do you know how that's, I need to think. I'm thinking fragrance. Why is that? So Frédéric Mal, who is this incredible nose from Mm -hmm. Paris, and he collaborated with each nose of each big fragrance company. (laughs) There's this one fragrance called, and it's a French name, so I'm going to say it with my, my best Do friend. it. Ravageur. It's a very powerful 
association of, of words in French, but it is one of the most incredible, powdery, delightful. It's rich. I mean, it is expensive too. Mm -hmm. And I will, I, I'm seeing this now, but usually when people ask me, I will never reveal the name. <laughs> and do, is, is this something that you wear often or for those special moments? No, I, I do. I, I do. It's, it's, it's been with me in big moments. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's like the, it's that. the pen you, you, you take to sign big contracts. I don't know. Yes. I just, I... I just love to be. And it's year long. Oh, I, I love it. Thank you for that. Your favorite experiential project? I think this Tabby tour, this whole Tabby mm -hmm. situation really was, because it was the, the most sought out full 360 with yeah. multiple components. It was in store, it was pop-up, it was mm -hmm. a tabby tour in the universities. And if you look at what happened in the rest of the world, there was some like space takeovers. Like it was, yeah. it was light on the whole ice cream mm -hmm. that was a marketing campaign. I think that was, and it's, it's working. And it was visually stunning. The colors, like stunning, brilliant. You to understand, you know, this yeah. giant tabby sitting on top of, of the van and all it was like it, yeah i think that was it's a lot a lot of work but a lot of fun work what's the first thing you do in the morning i drink a huge glass of water me too yeah yes get the body it, Fluid. Like, yeah totally. hydrated. you've been sleeping for if yeah. you're lucky for seven hours eight hours i don't know you yep. but it definitely is the first thing and it it sets the tone it's very healthy and then it, I'm very alert in the morning. I'm very, I'm very up and going. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's love it. If you could trade places with a celebrity, who would it be? And I can't say Beyonce, right? You can't say Beyonce. Do you know who I adore these days? And I'm Ooh. going female is Miley Cyrus. Really? I think this girl has. She's gutsy at what she did with that song and this whole revenge on life. And I, I think, first of all, she, she's very talented. She's multifaceted. She can yep. do many different genres of music, the whole connection with Dolly Parton. I think she's just beautiful. She's she she's so confident and she got so much, you know, for someone who started so early in her career, yep. I look at her and like, I love can it. follow a, a, a male or a celebrity if you want back. No, that's fine. Are you a savory or sweet kind of person? Savory for sure. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. You know what my favorite one is? What? Tell me. Barbecue hot chips. Oh. I have to stay away. It's absolutely addictive. I swear to God. I couldn't be a great ambassador for them because bag for it. If you're listening, Lays, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Your favorite quote to live by? Well, it's tattooed on my arm. And it's funny. I was just talking about it this morning. Fortune favors the brave. What does that mean? Which means if you're brave, if the courage and the willingness, you will find luck and you will find your way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, go get it. No one's going to give it to you. You have to create your own path. You have to be bold, right? That's what we're talking about the student. Yeah, it's yeah. About. You know, you can be lucky, but sitting there waiting for something to happen is not a good idea. So, and I love that. I've gone through enough in my life to be able to to say that and live it. And, yeah. And literally 
engrave it on my own body. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the last one, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I'm here. New York City. New York City? That's it. I am where I belong. You know, I I'm from Europe. I lived in Paris. Mm -hmm. I lived in San Francisco. I lived in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. All those roads and cities that led me to New York. I've been here seven years yeah. now, and just I, I, I do not know where else I would be. There's no better city. It, it works for me. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but yeah, that's it. I love it. I, I love how you said I'm here where I belong. I love it. So there you have it. Benoit has answered all of our questions. He did uh -oh. not play the fifth, not at all. What a rock star you are. <laughs> we did get a couple of, I, we got a lot of questions from Instagram and they, we kind of answered some of them, but there's one in particular that we did not answer. And this is, what is your dream role? The one where I can literally, truly create the entire experience program for a brand at a global level. Okay. Probably. We're very lucky in North America where there are a lot of brands headquartered over here. So, yeah. you know, my, my heart belongs to this country also. And I think any of those beautiful, big American brands where you can really yeah. make a difference. Because, you know, we're seeing like in, in Asia, it's almost easy. Everybody's doing it. There's a big tradition and it, it's, it's all happening. But like cracking the code of doing it properly in in this on this territory would be yeah. amazing. So well let's put it in the universe. Let's propel it there down and I don't know. Let's just keep an eye. Watch yeah. out. Watch what happens. Benoit, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such a delight reconnecting with you. And I think in honor of today's guests, take a minute, listen to the gems that Benoit said about being bold and being hungry and being passionate. But most importantly, remember this, fortune favors the brave. Until next time, bye. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.